Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Commencing Garage Logic segment number one. Logic, 33 degrees here in the Twin Cities. Deputy Mayor Tom Hauser sitting in for the mayor. And I've stopped asking where the mayor is because the mayor moves in mysterious ways. I'm sure he's trying to fix the oil leak on the Triumph. Probably. You know, I had a car repair done uh, over the weekend. Oh, okay. On, uh, I had to have my uh, sway bar bushings replaced. Sure. I, Sounds kind of kinky, but did, uh, yep. Did, did not even know that I had sway bar bushings, but I now have new ones. You got new ones, so you're, got, you're good so to I'm go. Good. I'm, yeah, as you're long good as, to go. And I always think that the bushings are the most important part of the sway bar mechanism. Yes, and yeah. of course, uh, they're always cheap. It was probably a $68 repair, including labor, correct? No. No? no. Okay. But okay. Just just a little, little north of that. Uh-huh. But, uh, it took a while to get parts in. You know, my car has about 800,000 miles on it. It's a 1947 something that's, or other. That's the way to do it. But I She's do have, paid for. Yeah, well, she is paid for, and uh, the insurance is very cheap on it. Right. And I would um, like to purchase the minimal amount of insurance for yes, this lease. That, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that's always a... It's like when your PMI on a new house goes, you know, no more PMI. Yep, it's, uh, you don't, you don't, you get yourself a raise. You don't need that. But but I'm, I'm glad to know as I drove in today, and I was coming in hot because mm-hmm. I had to drop some skates off to be sharpened. I'm sure you've been through this yes, before. Yes. Where you drive to the skate sharpening place, yep. and then you get out of the car and you look in the back seat and there are no skates there. Ah, I love that. So then I had to race back home. Pick up the skates. My yep. son has a game tonight, and mine are just mine were like so dull they were like flat. They right. were like you know like double runners. They yeah. were just they were they were bad. So anyway, it's so then I had to go back. So then I had to get down here, and I was just praying the traffic gods uh, were uh, on my side. The good news is with the new sway bar bushings, uh, it was a much more comfortable. Yes, ride. I was just going to say. I'm sure you were the utmost comfort. <laughs> You know, hockey will do that to you. Well, hockey will. will do that to you. Absolutely. Uh, we did finally have a uh, a hockey-free weekend. Uh, so I was actually able to go out and, and skate some myself because over the holiday break, my son had, I think, five games. And, you know, he plays uh, in Minnetonka. Yep. But they were all road games. We were in Forest Lake, okay. Elk River, Tartan, Harding, 
Uh, who did I just say? St. Michael, Elbertville, uh, and then St. Thomas Academy. That uh, was the one. The Minnetonka, St. Thomas Academy. How did they fare there? So, not not well. Oh. We, did, we did not do well. Okay. St. Thomas Academy. Oops, let's not bring that up it, then. Took it to us. But okay. anyway, we're grateful to have a home game tonight. So nice. uh, a game five minutes from home instead of an hour and five minutes. Which... Uh, those are the kind that I like. The ones down to Dodge County, and that's, you know, it's great. They're great teams, but it's just. And it's fun to get out and see, you know, other parts of the state, but just not all in a row. I like this, you know. Although now with the new sway bar bushings, uh, these these drives might be a lot more comfortable. Well, see, that's, uh, you know, I've, I've got uh, my senior plays for St. Paul United. And this is basically the last year of of organized hockey. Yeah, same in for our me. Home. Yeah, it's the same for me. And uh, you know they go up north. They're going up, I think, next weekend or whatever it is. And uh, she said, "Hey, you guys going with it?" We said, "You know, uh, we'll just check out that live stream that Todd <laughs> sends back. Uh, we'll uh, you're a, you're a senior in high school. You go have some fun." You know, we were at an arena in uh, in Forest Lake where they have a, a nice, relatively new facility there, yeah. and they have a a thing. And I think this is true of every game. It's not just tournament games. And I forget what they call it, live barn or something. Uh, you can you can log on, and I, I'm sure you got to pay a little bit for sure. it. But you can, like, say, if your grandma and grandpa live out in oh yeah, you know, down in Florida, right. you can you can log on and watch live stream the game. Just any youth game that's going on there. Uh, as far as I understand, fix. it was it was kind of a neat a neat deal. You know, if grandma and grandpa right. can't get there, or if if mom or dad are traveling and can't make it to the game, they can. Just log in. There may be nobody going to games anymore. <laughs> what we need a you need a live crowd at least. <laughs> yes. You need something. You need you something. Need something. Well, speaking of hockey, we're going to talk, talk a real little, hockey. We're going to talk a little real hockey uh, right now with the commissioner of the WCHA, Billy Robertson, and uh, we're also going to talk later in the show about the Vikings because, of course, there's a lot of Vikings hoopla, and I'm sure uh, Billy Robert uh, Robertson is is even uh, infected a little bit by Vikings hoopla. Billy, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, great to hear your voices. And, uh, yes, I'm a big Viking fan, just like you guys are, and, and hope uh, they go all the way and win Super Bowl 52 in our uh, Twin Cities area. I think that would be phenomenal for uh, the organization and for the state of Minnesota. And I take it you have purple fever then? I do. I have a little bit of it, absolutely. Hey, he's been bleeding purple and gold for longer than you think, Tom. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Yep. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm sure as the commissioner of the WCHA, uh, you'll have a big suite at the Super Bowl, uh, to which rookie, I, I imagine by the end of this program, he will have cordially invited us. Yes, yes, I'm sure of that. I'm sure in of the that. suite with the commissioner. <laughs> absolutely. I'm, I'm working on that as we speak. I think he's having a little trouble with my paperwork, though. <laughs> yes, yeah, because you do have to go through Homeland Security, and I think there's going to be a problem with rookies' uh, paperwork. <laughs> Well, Billy Rob, uh, let's talk a little college hockey. I watched a great game last night. I realize it was not a WCHA game, but the St. Cloud State-Minnesota Gopher game was very entertaining. Uh, a one nothing win for the Gophers. And uh, it's great for that kind of exposure uh, for college hockey to have a great game. A couple of Minnesota teams uh, playing each other. One of them ranked number one in the state, one or in the nation. One was ranked uh, number 10. Did you get a chance to watch the game? I did. I watched uh, a bit of it. It was going back and forth between a variety of uh, shows last night and certainly want to keep my eye on what's going on nationally in college hockey. And for a rare Sunday night uh, affair, so to speak, a game, um, I thought it was great hockey and, and uh, a great weekend for St. Cloud and Minnesota. They split uh, the, and, and both represent two different conferences, one the Big Ten for the Gophers and St. Cloud the 
at the time was ranked number one in the country in the National Collegiate Hockey Conference. And then for the WCHA, we had Minnesota State Mankato, which is, is ranked seventh in the country. So when you look around, guys, uh, about uh, the state of college hockey in the, in the state of Minnesota, uh, we have three teams that are ranked in the top ten in the nation, and that, that says a lot. And I believe a couple of those teams – uh, we'll make it to St. Paul for the Frozen Four come early April this year. And then in your conference, you also have Bemidji State. How are they doing this year? Their Bemidji State's coming around very, very nicely. They have a potential Hobie Baker Award winner and Mike Richter Award winner and their goaltender, Michael Bitzer. Um, and they've come along in the second half. They have not lost a game since early December. Uh, so they're 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 moving up in our WCHA standings. But if you if you look around... Um, they're as good as any team over the last five, six weeks in our conference. And um, I, I believe that Bemidji and Minnesota State Mankato are, are going to uh, come down to the end, and, and it's going to be uh, uh, who is playing the best hockey at that point. But when you have a goaltender, as you both know, that's hot and uh, playing well, that's a key to success. Yeah, and it's going to be exciting, of course, this year for college hockey fans because the Frozen Four – is in St. Paul, and of course, being a homer, I would like to see some Minnesota teams represented there, and I think this year, there's a pretty good chance of that. No question. Uh, as I stated a little bit about the balance of college hockey uh, this year, and as we have right now, three teams uh, in the state of Minnesota that are ranked in the top ten in college hockey, and I know there's still several weeks to be played, and a lot can happen, and there's injuries, etc., but Right now, all three of those teams have a legitimate chance. Minnesota, St. Cloud State, and Minnesota State Mankato, as of today, have a great chance to to get to the uh, Frozen Four at the XL Energy Center. But behind that, you cannot look uh, by Bemidji State in our conference and also University of Minnesota Duluth in the NCHC. So all five Division One schools are having good years, and nothing would surprise me if any of those teams made it to St. Paul. Yeah, the Gophers may have turned things around a little bit. They struggled going into the holiday break. I think they might have lost five in a row, but now they've won three out of their last four, including a win over top-ranked St. Cloud State. So that was exciting. Now, Billy, have has college hockey, have the conferences kind of stabilized now after the upheaval when the Big Ten Conference was created and the Minnesota Gophers left the WCHA and, and some of the other teams? And Have things kind of stabilized now, and, and this is the way it's going to be for the foreseeable future? Well, I, I think as of you know, the last couple of years, it has stabilized uh, uh, to a degree. Um, I do think down the road we're going to see more changes in college hockey, but I think for the time being, it's going to be that be that way. I mean, really, right now, there's only one school that's playing in, playing a uh, what I call a freelance schedule. And that's Arizona State University, and there's talk about other schools coming into play uh, in the next few years. But I think that's going to be a while yet before we see new schools adding uh, Division One men's college hockey because it's so expensive and and, and the budgets. Uh, don't necessarily agree with always bringing in uh, uh, college hockey, but I certainly, as a fan of the sport, like both of you, would love to see more teams playing college hockey uh, at the Division One level, and and we'll see what happens. But I think right now it has stabilized. To answer your question, and that's a good thing. Uh, there are 60 teams playing Division One hockey. Um, 
across the United States, and and uh, um, I would say possibly we'll have a handful more in the next ten years or so, and and I think that would be good as a as a growth model for the game. But we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about how the WCHA playoffs. Uh, happen because it's my understanding you don't have a, a neutral site that you go to. It, it's a little different where the 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 top team, the top remaining seed, ends up hosting uh, the, the the playoffs or the the championship. Is that correct? That is correct. We'll, we'll talk about that when we come back. And then also, since you've been in the business of sports for so long in in so many different capacities, I want to talk to you a little bit about what the Super Bowl means uh, to the Twin Cities metro area and then the uh, Frozen Four being here and then the Final Four next year. We'll talk about some of those things, too, with Billy Robertson, commissioner of the WCHA Hockey Conference, after this. Commencing garage logic segment number two. Tony Orlando and Don, baby. We just heard that he's coming to Grand Casino. And you and I have decided we are going, right? I gonna, would sing along, just uh, like Neil Diamond. Are, are we going to tailgate? I think so. Do the whole, do the I whole think we deal? can do that. I, wouldn't, I don't know why we wouldn't. And the, uh, oddly enough, this is also uh, Billy Rob's walk-up music. He's mouthing the words as well, yeah. we sing them. <laughs> we are joined by WCHA Commissioner Billy Robertson. Uh, that is your walk-up music, isn't it? Back when yes, you were in the major is. leagues? Yeah, I thought Absolutely. so. Absolutely. How'd I kinda, you know? <laughs> I, kinda, I kind of vaguely remembered that. Bill was a big star back in the in the early seventies. <laughs> a lot of people have forgotten that. Uh, so, Billy Rob, let's let's talk about uh, the WCHA playoffs. Uh, unlike the NCHC, they I think they're are they at Target Center. With they their were playoffs? at Target Center, and now they're at the XL Energy Center. XL Energy Center uh, this coming year. Uh, you guys have a slightly different format where uh, the the teams kind of play down, and then it ends up uh, the, the playoffs culminate. At the the home of the top seed is that right? Walk us through how it works. Correct, sure. Uh, and you know we had we had great success over the years. You both remember the WCHA Final Five that took place at XL Energy Center over the years, and it was a fabulous event. And then uh, as college hockey had made their shift with with the different conferences, we we noticed that a lot of the uh, interest uh, had waned as far as as getting a good audience in an arena where it was impactful for the student athletes to play in, in a, in a great environment. So we looked at it and I talked it over with our administrators and, and presidents of the universities that, that are in our conference. And we determined we wanted to go on campus and try that model for a few years. And, and, uh, from a financial perspective, we thought it might help us uh, very very well, and it has in the first year. We tried it, and our championship game ended up in Houghton, Michigan, at Michigan Tech University, where they hosted Bowling Green, uh, based in Ohio, and it was a double overtime thriller that uh, Michigan Tech won uh, in their home building with an automatic berth in the NCAA tournament. 
And it was probably one of the best sporting events I have ever witnessed in person. Uh, and as being commissioner, and I'm not saying that because I'm the commissioner of the league, I say it just as a sports fan in general, it was a great atmosphere. And the head coach, Mel Pearson, from at the time at Michigan Tech, he's now at Michigan, let the students come on the ice after the game to celebrate with the team. And it was fabulous. And we looked at it as we wanted the on-campus model, which in our league, it's four quarterfinal sites the first weekend in March. Then we go down to two quarterfinal sites the second week of March. And then we go to a one-game championship the third weekend in March, the third Saturday. So this year will be March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, where, where it appears and where we're at. We don't know yet. We won't know that for quite a while. But uh, there's a lot of interest in, in this. And the Big Ten modeled their tournament after us and and now they're doing the same thing and they went to an on-campus model because they can control the environment so much better than in a neutral site well and you're also as you mentioned attendance is very key and you're you're guaranteed a better audience a better you know in-person attendance if the the home team is playing for the championship absolutely and and you, you, you know, as of uh, for us, for three weeks, it's a buildup. So the championship game for uh, the schools that are hosting, they, you could host up to three rounds of the playoffs. Um, as you build that momentum, it becomes a really special thing. And that's what happened at Michigan Tech last year. Each weekend, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And students were lined up at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning for our championship game to get the standing room only tickets where they could run to their seats at, at uh, 5 o'clock. And, and there was hundreds of kids lined up, and that's what made it so special. And I, I think how do you create that atmosphere in a larger building? It's almost impossible these days. And when you can't control who gets into your tournament and if the geography works where your tournament's at, and the schools can get their kids bus to, to, to that location. It, it's really, really challenging. And, and that's why we looked at it from a different lens and a different perspective. And certainly from a financial piece uh, that we thought that this is what's in our best interest at the WCHA. And again, the, and again, the WCHA postseason tournament runs from March 2nd to the 17th and a couple of Minnesota schools, Minnesota state and Bemidji state, both uh, involved in that. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Uh, just a couple of minutes left here, Billy, I want to talk to you about you've been involved in professional sports and now at the collegiate level for many, many years. Uh, what does it mean for a community like the Twin Cities to host the Super Bowl, to host the Frozen Four, uh, both this year and then next year, the Final Four? Well, it, it means a lot. The economic impact uh, to the to the region is, is incredible. When you think about all the hotels, the restaurants and bars, the airlines, uh, the taxis, the Uber drivers, you know, all those type of things are incredible. And I, I don't care... Who you're at, who you are, uh, in saying this, and, and and if somebody disagrees, I, I have a hard time understanding that uh, why big sporting events do so well is because this region can host them extremely well, and they've been profitable for many many years, and that's why this market continues to get them because we have great volunteerism, and then we put on a great show. I mean, we if you look back, Tom, we had the uh, Ryder Cup in 216. And now we're going to have the Super Bowl in two 
uh, 18. And then we're going to have the Frozen Four in the spring of 218. And then we have the Final Four in 219. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of sporting events that are coming here and what's come here in the past. And I, I think it's fabulous. And, and I think it's going to continue because this area can host big-time sporting events no matter what time of year it is. And just about 30 seconds left, what would be the difference in a Super Bowl with two teams not from Minnesota and having a Super Bowl where Minnesota is one of the participants? Would there be fewer people coming from out of town, or do you think it's not going to make uh, much of a difference? I really don't think it's going to make a, a lot of difference if, if uh, uh who's ever in the game, I still think people will come, and I still think people, the Vikings are in it, which we all hope they are, that uh, that there's going to be a lot of people running around in downtown St. Paul and Minneapolis to all the different events around the game itself. And I, I don't think hotels are going to get hurt because there's more Viking fans. And, and frankly, the Vikings only get a smidgen of the, the tickets. The NFL controls the majority of those tickets. So I see it as a win-win for this community. And I think it's going to be a special time if, if, if the Vikings do get in and play the first-ever Super Bowl in, in a home venue. 52 of them, if you count this year's uh, Super Bowl, and never has a host uh, team had the ability to, to, to get all the way to the championship game. And I think we, has a, we have as good a chance as any. Well, we've got a lot to look forward to. And for the WCHA, you've still got the regular season to finish off in the next six to seven weeks, and then the playoffs get underway March 2nd to the 17th. Uh, Commissioner of the WCHA, Western Collegiate Hockey Conference uh, uh, Association, uh, Billy Robertson, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it, and I'm sure we'll run into you very soon. All right, looking forward to it. Thanks so much for having me on today. All right, Billy Rob, nobody better than him, Rook. Uh, top drawer. Top gonna, drawer. Cretan guy. Well, he is a Cretan guy. purple and gold for a long time. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Johnny Height and the news. Commencing garage, logic number three. So did the fact that you've already jumped off the Tony Orlando bandwagon, was that indicative of the fact you didn't think Johnny Height was not Tony Orlando and Dawn right before him? Oh, I'm sure he would. Is I Dawn even a thing anymore, really, or is really it just would. Tony Orlando? I don't believe uh, Dawn is working with Tony anymore, no. And Dawn was actually two people. Two two women, yes. yes two which, female singers. Yes, but together they were known as Dawn. Correct. Dawn 1 and Dawn 2. Yeah. Thing 1, Thing 2, is that how that it's works? something like, like that. Or yeah. like more on 1 and more on 2. Yeah. 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 Wasn't it? Wait, no. Wasn't why did you Why did you look at rookie when you said that? Well, because that's their that's nickname. And me, that's Joe. What Joe you, calls you, us. Oh, no, okay. no, it's, it's Chris and uh, Joe Aaron Rook. Oh, okay. Well, I can jump on that. What? You've been hurt. This is early, isn't it? I can see that you've been crying. Is this Tony Orlando? Uh, it's, 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 it's way before the dawn hurt. days. Way before the dawn. Days. Happy but times are here to stay. Uh, sometime before the two hours is up, I'd like to work in a little tie out yellow ribbon if we could. I'll see what I can do. All right. but, you uh, probably have that like a massage. That's going to cost extra. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's wait a minute. The massage costs normal. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I like to throw them off a well, set like yes. that, huh? Johnny Height. I don't know where to go with that, yeah, so I'm going to let you we call take it, it away. A la carte. Glad I have to follow that. Yeah. It's sunny and 34 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. Vikings will face the Saints in the second round of the NFC playoffs. That game will be Sunday, 3:40 at U.S. Bank Stadium. The Saints beating uh, beating the Panthers yesterday. Uh, the Vikes did beat the Saints 29-19 in Week One of the season, but after losing their first two games. 
The Saints went 11-3 and the rest of the way, including reeling off eight straight wins after that two-game losing streak. Now, the, oh, go, ahead. go ahead, Rook. Is this, uh, are we going to try to justify the NFC Championship uh, when it was Headgate or whatever Bounty it was? Gate. Bounty Gate. Yeah. Is this, uh, do we feel that or what's the, I, I haven't felt the vibe The stakes yet. aren't quite as high. I know a lot of people are running with that. I mean, you still would need to win the Super Bowl to kind of. I mean, the Saints did win the whole thing that right. year. Well, right. and and this is what I w- was going to say, is that I'm not so concerned about settling a score with them. I just want the Vikings to win a damn Super Bowl. That's all I want. I don't care who they beat to That's get it? there. That's all. It doesn't oh, matter. I, I don't get any extra satisfaction out of beating the Saints or the Falcons or whomever. I will say uh, this, though. Sean Payton is a guy who is really, really yeah. easy to root against. That's true. Yeah, that is, that is true. I agree. And and not just because of Bounty Gate. But no, that he's did, just that a did petulant little... Weasel, okay then. You know, uh, like at well, the end at the end of yesterday's game, oh. he had this smirk on his face about something. I don't, I don't yeah. know what it was. Well, he's but always... I remember looking at him, going, "I really hope when we play them that we beat them by three touchdowns." Speaking of smirk, uh, is John Gruden doing a bit, or does he just always? No, that's his look. Oh, the, the with the squint, the, yeah, the chucky, it's like he's chucky look, but it's like he's trying to do it. Do you think it's legit? It's natural that that's what he does. <laughs> I think so. I, Although, I think it was, but now he accentuates it and he plays it up. If okay. someone okay. signs me to a ten-year, hundred million-dollar contract, yeah. I'll do whatever they want. <laughs> that's true. To go hang. Do you want an extra stuff. eyebrow? Or again, what do you, yeah. again, Reavers. A lot of that's going to cost extra. <laughs> <laughs> and again, Johnny, back to you. Thank you. Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> and LeBron James in town tonight for a game against the Timberwolves. Wolves are twenty-five and sixteen in first place by two and a half games in the Northwest Division of the Western Conference. News notes from today. Republican State Senator David Osmick announced today he has suspended his campaign for governor. He Right now he's in his second term as a senator. He said results of a governor's sample ballot at the Republican State Central meeting in December weren't what our campaign was hoping for. He said in a statement, after having the time to discuss our campaign with family, friends, and my campaign supporters during the holidays, I felt it was best to no longer continue to campaign for governor. He had announced back in August. Good guy. Just didn't have the poll, huh? No, and I think, you know, we're not done, even though the, the field is now winnowed by one, mm-hmm. and there's still, I forget how many Republicans left, six or seven, but the big names are still out there, undecided. Uh, Kurt Doubt, Speaker of the House, mm-hmm. uh, Governor Tim Pawlenty, whether or not he's going to run again. Uh, so we're still waiting uh, for some other shoes to drop, but I think it will happen here this month. I think we'll have a better idea of the field. Okay, and then in a politics preview, after uh, we get Dave's weather, I would like you to explain the uh, fishbach. Uh, situation. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, you're going to leave yeah. that to me. Yes. Yeah. I will, we will break, break that it down, down yeah. and we'll have game film. Once again, Johnny, Johnny Height. Well, I was going to say, Tom, if you want, I can try to break it down. But uh, I think yes, no, I, would like, to, I nope. would like to hear Reavers try to explain it and then I will correct him where he's wrong. There's again, a guy named That's going to cost extra. It's a, it's a woman. It's a woman. Uh, there's a gal. He started with yeah, a guy named Fishback. How long is this massage appointment exactly? Going on two or three hours now, I think. The ending is going to be very disappointing, I think, though. Well, the start wow. the start hasn't been very exciting. <laughs> right, so. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Anticipating that Special Counsel Robert Mueller will ask to interview President Trump, the president's legal team is talking about a range of potential options for the format, including written responses to questions in lieu of a formal sit-down, according to three people familiar with the matter. Lawyers for Trump have been discussing with FBI investigators a possible interview by Mueller with the president as part of the inquiry into whether Trump's campaign colluded with Russia during the election, the discussions described by one person with direct knowledge as preliminary and ongoing. And the president, by the way, is a stable genius. 
as we case found you missed, out. In case you over missed the, the news over the right. weekend. Yes. Did he t- is he telling everybody that again? <laughs> What's that? Uh, is he telling that to everyone again? Yes. Okay, and good. That is a quote. Good. So I'm just quoting our president. Yep. I'm not making any judgment. Just telling you the way it is. <laughs> According to two of Oprah Winfrey's close friends who requested anonymity to speak freely, Winfrey is actively thinking about running for the presidency in 2020. Some of Winfrey's confidants have been privately urging her to run, according to those sources. One of the people said the conversations date back several months. The person emphasized that Winfrey has not made up her mind about running. Representative for Winfrey did not immediately respond to a request for comment this morning. A run at the presidency was the talk of the entertainment world after Winfrey accepted the Cecil B. DeMille Award at the Golden Globes last night. The Oprah for President possibility was a top story on morning TV today. My personal preference on that is uh, Oprah probably would do a good job as a president, but I think she's more powerful not being the president. Uh, You're probably right. And anybody pining for an Oprah Winfrey against Donald Trump uh, in 2020, that just isn't going to happen because he's not running. He's not going to run. I've said this since the day he was elected. He's going to run one term. It's kind of a, and I hate to say this in reference to him with North Korea looming, but a kind of a scorched earth political uh, policy. And he's not going to run again. Got it. So. Oprah's speech last night, by the way, was pretty cool. It was. It was, good. And you it was know, very stirring. Oprah, if you followed her career over here, and she's been very consistent saying, the way you change the world is you educate women. Think of all the countries where a woman couldn't drive, a woman couldn't do that. If you educate all the women in the world, uh, you got a better shot at peace. Yes. And she got a great response to that, but it's going to open the door now to the criticism of can only celebrities run for public office. Or maybe the politicians need to go, uh, what have we been doing wrong here, though, as yeah. well? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. All right, uh, one more, Johnny, and then right. I'm going to let you go. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts started a slightly smaller menu today, aiming for speedier, more accurate service. The scaled-back menus will appear in New England and upstate New York this week and roll out in the rest of the nation at the end of March. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts will eliminate slower-moving items, they say, such as afternoon sandwiches, some muffin, bagel, and cream cheese varieties, smoothies, and flatbread. Some of the foods that are going away were always optional for franchisees. 90% of Dunkin' Donuts items will stay on the menu, including its lineup of coffees, donuts, and breakfast sandwiches. The company tried out the simplified menu in several markets starting in early 2017. By the autumn, had expanded the test to almost 1,000 locations. Reavers is a little lower, uh, slower moving after he visits Dunkin' Donuts as well. <laughs> yeah. We do have a few locations now that have opened here, right? Yes, there's one up by me, actually. Okay, and they plan to, I think they're going to roll out some more. But mm-hmm. apparently when they roll them out, they will have a more limited menu. But as long as they still have the coffee. I do love good coffee. coffee. It is good coffee. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Mr. David Wallace Dahl and his Garage Logic forecast brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores with locations all over town. And they are also a proud sponsor of The Beer Show. And is Dave Dahl ready? Hi, Tom. The well, man, so. the myth. How are you, Tom? Dave, it is uh, actually a very nice day out today. It is. I hope it's not destroying your um, ice rink yet. It's, no. It's it, really not. You know, a, a couple of warm days, you know what it does, Dave? It's, kind of smooth. It smooths out the top. Nice. Because it melts from the top, you know, down, obviously. Yeah. And so yeah. then when it refreezes, uh, you get very smooth ice. And Good. I was uh, skating on a pond yesterday. I still cannot believe 
how clear the ice is because we have not had a lot of snow cover. That's true. And yeah. you can look down, you can see the depth of the of the ice. of the ice, and it is. I mean, it really is very awesome. But we, this is just going to be a little. Two or three day uh, warm up, and then it looks like end of the week we're back into the deep freeze. Yeah, we're back down to the teens below zero again by Saturday night and Sunday night, but a uh, little bit of a storm in between there. Uh, but let's enjoy this first. We're at 34 right now, heading for a high today of about 37. We'll drop down to 18, so as Tom said, a little refreeze tonight, uh, so the, your ice rinks will be smooth. Southeast winds at around five. Tomorrow, partly sunny and mild again, back up to 37. And then patchy freezing drizzle and fog developing tomorrow night, down to 30 for the low, so just barely below freezing. Wednesday, fog and drizzle, snow late in the day, high temperature up to about 38 on Wednesday. And then accumulating snow, quite likely, it looks like Wednesday night into Thursday. And this, uh, it, I think it's our turn this time here in southern Minnesota to get some significant snow. We're not sure exactly how much yet, but um, we're kind of in that path. If the track of the storm doesn't change much, we could get some significant snow. The heaviest snow we've had so far this season, which isn't saying much. As Tom said earlier, we haven't had much. I think a single snow this season has been less than two inches. So wow. this could go above that without too much trouble. Partly sunny, though, by Saturday and a high of only four above. And then Sunday, a high of only three above, lows in the teens below zero then. Right now, Tom, we're at 34. And Dave, I know there's there's very little uh, accuracy in very long range forecasts, but as you look at weather trends this winter, any idea yet how things are looking three or four weeks from now when all the Super Bowl hoopla hits its height? Yeah, we you know we've we've looked back at past records just to kind of find a, a winter that's similar to this, and if we had to choose, it does look like it could be a little bit crazy as far as snow goes uh, late January into early February we could get a couple of um, systems and actually this this change is already occurring with this system in the middle of this week and then kind of a more active pattern all the way through the middle of February so uh, you know as far as snow goes I think cold it's going to be up and down uh, you know as we've we're going to experience this week but um, snow could be an issue, I think, by the time we get to Super Bowl Sunday. All right. And I know you'll be keeping us on top of that. And I know that's very long-range forecasting, but just gives us some idea. Yep. And Dave will be back next hour with the records for the day. I'll be there. As well. All right, Dave. Thanks. And we're also going to be talking uh, in the next hour, uh, Rook, with uh, Andrea Makros from the Super Bowl Super host Bowl, committee. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because the countdown is really on yes, for them, for the, for the people uh, hosting uh, the Super Bowl and it's interesting how now that the uh, the Vikings are in the playoffs and hosting a playoff game, uh, the NFL has had to delay a little bit, completely taking over uh, the stadium. Right. And they may be delayed further if we're able to win. Um, but we can't get too far ahead of ourselves because, after all, we are Vikings fans. Leave it to the Vikes to screw up their own Super Bowl bid if they got there, right? <laughs> Well, well, this is what I mean. It's with a wink and a nudge that the, I mean, the Super Bowl committee, the NFL, uh, you know, you want your team to do well and be in it. That's the, truly the ultimate goal. They want the Vikings to be in the Super Bowl uh, as they're hosting for the first time ever. But also with the wink and a nudge, you're like, oh, the logistics of that are unbelievably uh, yeah, burdensome. You know, and it's unclear to me how much the NFL, if that's who you're referring to, mm -hmm. wants the Vikings in the Super Bowl. Because, and then for that matter, the host committee, I mean, I'm sure it would, it would be fun. There's no question about it, but it's really hard to figure out if you have uh, one whole fan base that doesn't travel in. And it's a lot of Vikings fans who, let's face it, are not going to have access to tickets for the game 
much right, anyway. Right, anyway. Uh, so it's a question, are they just going to do parties at their houses as opposed to going downtown Minneapolis-St. Paul and taking part in all of the stuff as much as people from out of town would? Well, I think one other thing is that locals f- uh, just filling up downtown Minneapolis because they want to be part of it for that week uh, would be very beneficial to yeah. the economy. wouldn't be outside of the economy. It would just be people wanting to to be in the, the, the thrill of it, right in the middle of it. I don't see any downside, obviously, to the Vikings being in the Super Bowl in their home stadium. I think it would be awesome. And I'm guessing the NFL would think it would be pretty cool, too, just because it's never happened. And you roll out Bud Grant maybe at halftime or something like that, giving them an inspirational speech or... I just think it would be really cool, and then the monkey would be off our back. Well, it's only off our back if we get to the Super Bowl and win it. That's true. So let's keep that in mind. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, is that when Reavers is going to break down this lieutenant governor situation? So. Ah, so we're like, yeah, you're we'll, going to have about 30 seconds. All right. so well, good. That's all he's going to need. All right. We'll be back after this. This song featured in the 1982 Officer and a Gentleman movie. I don't remember that. I worked at the Grange, so I could tell you the whole I remember this song came out when I was like in sixth grade. That I remember. I don't remember it being in Officer really? and a Gentleman. Now, are we going to Wait a minute to... now. If you still want me It really is hard to top that. As a as a ballad of some kind. It is. Now we need to find out uh, how, where it was in the charts. Oh, I'm almost certain it was number one. You sure it charted? And be, oh, of course it did. Hmm. Did he say charted? I think or did he did. Say, okay. yeah, I think he did. <laughs> I'm just curious if it did or not. Oh, come on, Reavers. Are you kidding me? No, I'm are not. You, I, I am okay. joking with you. I just wanted to say that on the air. Uh, Chris, we're going to hold over Are you your sure? Because I just have a quick thought. Oh, you on, do? You know, do on, we have on, time, Rook? On Fishbach. 30 seconds. Okay, go for because it. Because clearly the lieutenant governor you know, is responsible for reporting directly to the colonel um, in this situation, the colonel governor. And so what I think was going to happen is when Fishbach decides to take over... You got to install a new playbook, and then you got to hire your support staff. So it might take some time for it to collectively, uh, you know, get turned over. Um, but I think in the long run, it could be a good. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Fifteen hundred ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. More ribbons around the trees next hour. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com podcasts. 